I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Oh, hello, uh, and welcome to the Leaves of Glen uh, Mansion. A fun little bit where I pretend to live in a mansion and not just recording my basement. I'm sick of it. Uh, I don't want to do the mansion anymore. I'm tired of the bit. The bit's been going on for like a solid year. So maybe I should move on to something else. Uh, I did joke last time about doing it in outer space, but I think the sound effects I find for that would be pretty annoying. So uh, what if instead I did a, a gentle cabin? Huh? Well, there you go. It's an easy compromise for the two of us. I get a new environment, and you still get the uh, sounds of the fireplace in the background, so I'm sure that makes you happy. Uh, why don't we learn about authors who are dicks, like Hunter S. Thompson? Uh, here in the cozy little cabin. You love it? I love it. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson was a literary rock star. Ah, this came from, uh, again, the website grunge.com that tries way too hard to be cool. Uh, so it says he's a literary rock star, both when it comes to fame and his out-of-control lifestyle. Oh, the father of gonzo journalism. Thompson hung out with the Hells Angels. Yeah. Went to a went to war with Richard Nixon, which I'm sure meant anything at all to a sitting president, and consumed every drug known to man, which makes you instantly cool. But while he's a colorful character, uh, you wouldn't want Thompson as your friend. Oh, sure. He's a larger-than-life icon, but he was also a first-class jerk. Need proof? Question mark. This is the writing that comes from grunge.com. Ask Bill Murray. Thompson allegedly uh, uh, tied him to a chair, tossed him into a pool, and nearly let him drown. Murray wasn't the only movie star to suffer from Thompson's eccentricities. During the 80s, Jack Nicholson was celebrating his birthday when his family, uh, with his family, when Thompson showed up at his home in the middle of the night and shot a super powerful flare into the sky, which sounds glorious. Uh, one that lit up a 70 mile, oh, there's bugs, 70 mile radius for nearly a whole minute. Next, Thompson aimed a military style spotlight at Nicholson's home and fired a pistol in the air. Uh, then he capped the whole thing off by leaving an elk's heart eh, and some bullet casings on Nicholson's doorstep. Thompson meant the whole thing as a joke, clearly, but Nicholson didn't think it was particularly funny. Oh, he assumed some stalker, super fan, was outside about to attack. So he and his family spent the evening hiding in their basement. It wasn't the only time Thompson would get a little reckless with his firearms. Uh, on one occasion, he fired a couple of rounds at his neighbor's house. His excuse? Question mark. Uh, he was being attacked by a crazed porcupine. But while he, uh, we might chuckle at these wild hijinks, burp, uh, it stops being funny when you learn that in 1990, Thompson was accused of sexually assaulting a woman he invited to his log cabin. Oh, 
Ugh, a log cabin just like this. I did not plan this at all. <laughs> this is a, a horrible coincidence. Uh, I, pr I promise I will not molest you. The charges were later dropped, but knowing how powerful men often get away with bad behavior, it uh, makes uh, it a little more difficult uh, to love this psychotic scribe. Well... That's another example of a, a author who is a jerk. And holy shit, I still have a ton of time left before I move on to the next segment. Uh, I have to talk about my life. Well, my basement gets a lot of flies in it, so I've uh, been planning that, planning it like crazy. So recently I got on Amazon, Amazon.com, and uh, ordered a thing that's supposed to catch flies. Humane. Oh, there are literally flies in this track. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Uh, buzzing around the speakers. That's fantastic. Uh, it's supposed to capture them humanely and uh, just kind of scoop them up and stick them into a lower portion of a chamber. Uh, sounds like it's going to be horse crap, but uh, I'm so desperate to not deal with flies in the basement. The basement is my only refuge uh, from my horrible children. So I need to make this a place I can continue to exist in uh, so that I can have some semblance of a personality of just saying words until the clock finally strikes. Oh, it's not a clock this time. Oh, it's the mating call of a fox. Isn't that fantastic here in the deep woods? Well, with that, why don't we uh, continue reading the rest of this story? Bug. Another bug. Chapter 8. There's a lot of bugs in the woods. I forgot about that part. I was dressed and waiting in the lounge with Yasmin when Shane came in, frowning. Uh, did I uh, keep you waiting? He asked. I thought Uncle Adam would want to come along after helping me uh, search last night, but Carla told me he's using the Count's darkroom this afternoon to develop those photos. Megan. Where, Shane? Did she say uh, where the dark room is? Oh, he nodded. One of the empty rooms upstairs, just around the corner from the uh, Count's uh, Jesus bedroom. Petro is with Uncle Adam, Carla said. Megan, does he, does he know about the missing posts? Oh, of course. I made notes for him on the book and copied the diagram. The posts were the only support of the center of the platform he had. And I, uh, I can't remember seeing them. Can you? He frowned. I've been trying to remember exactly what I did see ever since you mentioned that. Uh, I don't think I saw any upright, turning a page because I'm not in a fucking Kindle, posts supporting the middle of the structure, but I can't be sure. I had too much on my mind right then. I expected Oliver to be much more seriously injured than he was. Uh, I, I'd seen the accident happen, and that didn't help, or uh, worrying that you might fall climbing down to the beach, as he almost did. Yeah. <laughs> Woman, that's not in the book, I added that. Even though I warned you to be careful. Woman, I added that part too. You saw that? Oh, saw it. I thought I'd have a coronary. You saved yourself right at the very edge of a drop. Eh, that, uh, that could have killed you. He glanced at Yasmin as though embarrassed at what he had just said with someone's uh, in hearing range. Ah, uh, he changed the subject. If Adam knows about that, he must have mentioned it to Petro. And that's why Petro is with him. Probably, uh, Petro said he felt guilty about letting Adam and Oliver go there uh, when nobody had been near the place in years. And it could have been dangerous. 
Adam said someone had been up there recently, though. They saw the tracks. This first two pages are really boring. Petro uh, didn't know that, I'm sure, Yasmin said. Uh, what are you hitting at, Shane? <laughs> oh, Jesus, another bug. Suppose this is going to be a horrible bit if I do this for the next couple episodes. Suppose whoever is up there before Uncle Adam and Oliver Grant uh, took those four posts away, he asked slowly, staring at him. I was suddenly frightened. Yeah, you mean, uh, in italics, deliberately, Shane? Is there any other way two men would climb up there all the way to remove four heavy poles? Two? Adam thought there was one. No, I saw those tracks too, Megan Shane said, puzzling. Two different sets. Uh, one big, uh, the other, uh, small. Maybe a man and a boy. Or a man and a girl? Hmm, yeah. And if a poster gone before Oliver was hurt, the photo will prove it. Just as you said, Megan. Oh, good. Megan's going to inch her way towards being taken seriously. Because in the last chapter, uh, she was literally hunted down by a madman that wanted to kill her. Uh, but they couldn't see that when she came tumbling down the stairs. And they just thought she was being a, uh, a, a fussy woman. And they told her she was dreaming. So, uh, apparently she's going to claw her way towards being taken seriously. Is that going to be the seriously the last ca couple chapters of this book? we only got two more chapters left. I nodded and glanced at Yasmin, wondering if uh, she was thinking what I was. That if someone had taken these posts away, knowing that we were going to have our clam bake, and that if Adam at least would want to see the old gallows, the name of the game would be murder. It occurred to me that Count Pietro Rendizi might have a good reason to feel guilty. Hadn't he uh, brought the gallows to Adam's attention in the first place? Eh, even though he'd warned Adam about it and uh, it said after the event that he felt guilty? Pietro understood better than anyone. Oh, another bug. Else why uh, such things attracted Adam. And unless I was badly mistaken, wasn't Pietro in love with Yasmin, Adam Lester's wife? Yasmin! Stood up impatiently. And by the way, people on Twitter have been talking about how I say these people's names uh, being real annoying. And now that I know that, I'm just layering it on even thicker than normal. Yes, man, stood up impatiently, her eyes green, narrowing as she worried. About something silently. I got up too, and we walked slowly out to the city. Each of us suddenly occupied by private thoughts. Hmm. It seemed to me that Petro would not have been sad if both Adam and Oliver had uh, been badly injured or even uh, huh, killed. Oliver was a rival for Yasmin's uncertain interest, even though as a, uh, to a lesser degree than Adam, so too was Jean Bethel. Maybe Jean should be made aware, three dots and then a question mark. How are you feeling now, Signoria? Uh, Sofia Salta was smiling at me from behind her desk as Shane ushered us. Is uh, Sofia Salta the one that they made a point of how incredibly ugly she is? Much better, thank you, Sofia. If you are looking for the Count, uh, he isn't here. He said he's going to watch Senor Lester develop some photographs that he was interested in. The dark room is upstairs, and I will have uh, one of the maids take there, if you wish. We couldn't dream of disturbing them if Adam is developing, Yasmin said. And there was something Shane wanted to ask you, Sophia, as she looked Shane inquiringly, leaving it up to him. Do you, uh, know of a passage connecting the Count's study with the antiquities downstairs? Ah, oh, oh, Jesus. Living in a cabin sucks. Uh, Sophia, Shane asked bluntly. Oh, she looks surprised. Do you mean connecting the study with the museum? No, there is none. In her dream, Megan saw a door open behind a painting. 
Yasmin said. In a, in a dream? Oh, I see. Sophia glanced at me and smiled. There is no door behind that painting. How could there be a door like that? The paintings are all hung quite high above the bookshelves. Except one, I said. It was behind the portrait of Yasmin. Sophia, do you mind if I check? Yeah, Sophia shrugged. Her dark eyes avoided me uh, uneasily. Yeah, of course that's in your real, uh, but it's not, it not possible. Until he finished the painting from a photograph that he had with Yasmin, there was a small section of rare books shelved in that space. There's never been a door there. Uh, then that is easily proved if we check, I said. And since nobody minds four dots, oh, they were following me out. And I heard Sophia's chair scrape back as she came to. And Yasmin's quick surprised breath as she saw the portrait of herself for the first time. I switched on the light above it. Oh, it's amazing, she breathed. Not creepy that this person had a portrait made of her against her will. <laughs> it's like 12 feet tall. Just sitting in a study. It's amazing, she breathed, studying it delightedly. I had no idea Pietro uh, could paint like that. In Europe, he is considered a competent artiste, Sophia said admiringly. And when I met you here, Yasmin, the likeness amazed me. This is, I think, uh, yeah, his best work. A great pity it was taken from a photograph. Uh, that is not considered good in Europe. A, a portrait should be painted only after many sittings, many preliminary sketches. I did that. It flatters me. No, it is you, senor. It is you. This is the way he painted it, and why I think he liked it so often to sit at his desk looking at it before you uh, came to stay with us. That's so creepy. Which flattered her even more, I thought, and proved at least that Sophia wasn't a, a jealous woman. But I had other things in my mind. Uh, although I had uh, seen no visible lock on the wretched door, the painting refused to budge, no matter how I twisted and, and tugged at it. Careful, Megan, yeah, Shane muttered. Let me look at it. You should be able to see the crack if there's a door there. But if I let him try, he couldn't remove it. And he decided once that I had dreamed about the door. Oh, it was open, I tell you, I muttered, fiercely tugging harder. I walked into a stone passage, yeah, like, the, like the one in the basement. Oh, and there were stone steps leading right down to the second chamber of the terror keep. Oh, the room, the room with the rack and the guillotine and all those uh, uh, horrible gadgets are kept. This is the door, and it has to open. You certainly believe this, Shane muttered, scowling at me. Okay, uh, what did the lock look like? Or was it a, or was it a bolt? Well, there wasn't any lock that I could see. Uh, there wasn't any bolt. And coming back as I rammed through, it just slammed the door after me. And uh, dot, 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 I broke off. Wait a second. That was as far as he chased me. And he stopped at the door. Oh my God, I hear a child coming down the stairs. What? In the name of God, do you want now? So my child came downstairs. Uh, they work at a place where people bring in their clothes to be tailored and uh, decided to bring my girlfriend an entire fur coat. <laughs> is that real fur? Is it a coat or is it? That's like a bunch of tails. What is that, like foxtails? It's a vest? It's a vest made of animal tails. Oh my God, that's terrifying. <laughs> Audrey, would you say that's been sitting in the store since 2019? Yeah, since December of 2019. So I called her and I was like, can you come pick up your shit, please? 
Oh, seriously? Just away. give it away? So then it was like up for grabs for us in the store. And I was like, that's amazing. We need to bring that out when we see Ronnie. You need to flat out wear that thing. It's just made of tails. Yeah. White tails. I don't know. Entirely made of tails. <laughs> it's the most ugliest thing I've ever seen. That's amazing. Well, I want to get back to the story. Uh, they could sit and talk about this insane fur coat all they want. Careful, Megan, Shane muttered. Let me look at it. You should be able to see the crack of the door if it's there. Oh, that's way too back. Uh, if there really was a door, uh, that would seem possible, he said dryly, but how could anyone completely hide a door like that? Here, let me look, Megan. Move aside, please. Senor, be careful of the portrait, Sophia cried warningly as Shane took my place. It is something he values more than most things. Shane glanced back at her over the shoulder. I think that thing is amazing. That is the most disturbing thing that's in my house. <laughs> I think we just got to start going out in the town with it. Like when we get together with Ronnie and stuff, we're just going to have to wear it and never explain it. No one says a word. He'll just have to accept that that's the kind of person you are. Shane glanced back over his shoulder. Don't worry, I have no intention of tearing it off the wall as Megan was just trying to do. And he put his forefinger on something silvery in the corner of the frame, and I saw that it was the head of a large screw. Oh, God. I'm not surprised uh, that he found uh, that impossible. Does Count Renese usually screw his paintings on the wall? Oh, they're hung very carefully, senor, as paintings of value should be. They, she broke off, star staring as she showed her the screw. Of course, she muttered. I remember now. When he decided to hang the portrait here, he told me that he had them leave the wooden backing for the shelves. And I did not realize it, but they must have attached the painting to that. Uh, he would need to flush it with the wall to view it as he sat at his desk. Shane studied her expression briefly. Ah, uh, I can't see the wooden backing. Was it smaller than the painting then? Perhaps, senor, I not know. I was in Augusta on business for the Count concerning the yearlings he purchased from your uncle. When I returned, the painting was as you see it now, she shrugged. Since you cannot see the wood behind the painting, it must be smaller. We couldn't see the door if there was one from this side then. Senor, there is no door. I'm beginning to agree with you, Shane said, but uh, he took hold of the edges of the frame and pulled nevertheless, and Sophia cried out in dismay. Uh, be careful, senor, and the light operates from a switch on the Count's desk, I noticed, Shane said thoughtfully, and he began to walk back toward it. There couldn't be some kind of remote control to open a door you've been told about, I don't suppose, Sophia? And she hurried back after him anxiously. Why? Why would it be necessary to have a secret door? A good question, Shane said, flicking on and off again the switches on the edge of the desk and watching the painting intently. Nothing happened that I could see, and he shook his head. And I'm afraid you're right, Sophia. No door. Yeah, that's what I told you, senor. I glanced at her quickly, for I detected relief in her voice as she accepted that, but the relief could have been because she feared that he might damage the Count's precious painting. We're wasting time here, Shane, I said. I told you the door was partly open when I first noticed it. Perhaps it could only be open from the other side. Why don't we go down to the basement and try to find the door at the end? It can't be disguised behind any painting. Uh, there are none there, he nodded. Is Luigi working today, Sophia? No. Like the Count, he and Niccolo slept late. Uh, they will not work today, and I will give you the key as I just did last night, and if you feel you must search for the door as a, uh, that does not exist. Shane said gravely, 
Thank you, Sophia. And yes, I feel I must, exclamation point. Oh, you can count me out, Gasmin said from where she stared at the painting of the other Narcissus. Uh, I've, uh, I've had enough uh, chasing dreams, thank you, and I'll sit and look at this for a little while. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a beautiful thing, and I'm not saying that just because it's a portrait of me. Not much, I thought, I said aloud. Uh, don't faint if it moves towards you, Gasmin, and it will be uh, me on the other side. And Shane, if you're tired of chasing dreams, too. Uh, don't, uh, don't bother to come with me. I'll check it out alone. Like last night, he said sarcastically, taking the key from Sophia. Come on, Megan, you're wasting time. Well, I puzzled over that remark of his as we walked towards the stairway of Terror Keep, uh, uh, indicating that he is in agreement that I had been there last night, but I was feeling too persecuted and resentful to talk with him, even though secretly I was relieved that he didn't allow me to go down to that horrible place alone. I would have uh, been scared stiff, I knew, if he'd taken me at face value. And stubbornness would have compelled me to go through with it alone. I had taken the lead in the passage outside the study, and I had made him follow me all the way. Oh, he made several tentative attempts at conversation, but I merely walked faster each time. And we came to the steps, and I stared down. My anger carried me down the first few steps. But as the winding stairway grew rapidly darker, it began to slow, and I stopped. Switch on your, uh, your, uh, your flashlight. I urged nervously. Uh, 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 what light? His voice sounded skeptical in the confines of the stairway, and it seemed to me slightly triumphant. Hmm. How do you think we could see anything down here without a light? I demanded. Well, he didn't mention a light. I don't carry one around with me, and I thought we'd switch on the light when I'd open the door. I didn't expect you to uh, take off like a, like a jet and make me follow you. But... Uh, now, suppose you stop acting like a spoiled little girl and uh, let me get down first. And I'll open the door and switch on the light so you can see where you're going and you won't fall downstairs again. Wow, what a dick. These are stone steps, you know. Yeah, the guy's a cock. Before I could find a suitable reply, he had taken hold of my arms to steady me and squeezed past me. In passing, oh, he kissed me on the left ear. Oh, hmm. And he muttered, What's the matter with you, Megan? You're acting as though you hate me. Don't you know I'm on your side? Why do you have to tell her that by kissing her on the ear and muttering it to her like a pervert? Ah, uh, you can fool me, I gasped. I happen to be very sensitive around the ears, and I can feel goosebumps starting. Oh, oh, he knows exactly what he's doing. For, for such a nice guy, Shane Lester could be positively revolting. Is he a nice guy? He's not been acting like one so far. I stayed where I was... Uh, with one hand pressed against the cold stone, waiting for my goose flesh to settle. Fear of being alone made me want to follow him, but fear of the dark uh, that lay between us was greater and held me where I was. Still in a faint light, I listened to his descending footsteps, slowing while he groped through other darkness, and I hoped he felt as scared as I did. Hmm, yeah. Dark as a tomb here, he called back to me cheerfully. Uh, gotta feel my way. Uh, you were right. We should have had a light. No, he wasn't scared. I sniffed disappointedly and stayed silent. Megan, uh, are you all right up there? His voice was anxious suddenly. I could be scared for me, I decided. Of course I'm all right. Aren't you, uh, aren't you there yet? Uh, what a, what a question, he grumbled. Must be getting close, but I can't see anything at all. Now, now one thing's for sure, there's nobody down here. Not even the ghost of some ancient victim. I don't, I don't say that. Now, he chuckled and sounded worse. 
positively demonic. Okay, I'm in the passage. The door must be ahead. Ouch! What's the matter? I cried anxiously, my anger against him forgotten. Yeah, what do you think? He muttered disgustedly. I found the door. It was nearer than I thought, and I could hear him fumbling with the key. A faint light showed abruptly coming up the stairway. There, can you see now? Ah, and it will be better further down, ah, I muttered uncertainly. Wait, I'll come up and get you. And with his help, now ah, it was easy. Light spilled the museum through the open door, growing stronger as we descended. Now it came, I saw, as we reached the passage from fluorescent lights uh, over two workbenches, and I had noticed during the demonstration of the implements. I didn't, uh, I didn't notice uh, those when we were down here before. Uh, they weren't intended to be seen. Luigi had that section screened off for the occasion. Those lights aren't going to help us much in the other room, but I think I can see a, f uh, a flashlight on the workbench. Hmm. And the implements of torture had a ghostly look, for the exhibits all had white muslin covering the shrouds. I followed Shane across the workbenches, almost treading on his heels. Not a very, uh, not a very good one, he commented, picking up the light and flicking it on and off. But maybe we won't need it. Uh, let's find out, shall we? <laughs> he turned his head and looked at me as I hung back, fearfully remembering last night. It's, uh, it's a matter now. Are you scared, Megan? Well, obviously. Suppose that it happened to you last night. Wouldn't you be scared? Yeah, get one thing straight, Megan. Ah, here we go. He said, I've been trying to keep an open mind about what happened, but I have to admit, I don't want to believe what you do, that it really happened, and I mean that. And I stared at him. Well, at least you're honest about it. Uh, why don't you want to believe me, Shane? For the same reason, I don't want to believe your theory about why the gallows on the Smuggler's Island collapsed, because I accept it. Yeah, the first happening, it was an attempt at murder. And last night's improbable event, if it happened, must be almost serious. I don't want your silly curiosity but your stubbornness involving you and anything like that. I stared at him. Back in the study, you said you didn't want me checking this thing out alone, like last night. Shane, I think you do believe me secretly, but you don't want to admit it. All right, he said. I told you that when I came down here with uh, Uncle Adam last night, the place was in darkness. The exhibits under the wraps of the way you see them now, uh, there was nobody here, either on the rack or off it. But uh, there was something that seemed odd. Oh, we both noticed it. And you said you saw a reddish light and thought it was the dark room you'd found. Could it have been the light from burning torches like Luigi used for the exhibition? Of course. I didn't think of that before. But everything seemed as it was in the ex exhibition, and Luigi used burning pitch torches for that. Everything was the same, except for what I saw on the rack was a, was a man being tortured. Not any plastic or wax model. Uh, a, a man. And I broke off. Uh, what was it you noticed there in the last night that you thought odd? Well, when Luigi and Niccolo uh, worked down there, they used these lights, torches of reeds, dripped in pitch, and it uh, would be useless for the precise work all day yesterday. So, well, I smelled burning pitch as we came in last night. The smell was coming from the other room, where the rack is. And Uncle Adam agreed that it, uh, that's what it was. Megan, you mustn't. Four dots. There! Doesn't that prove I'm telling the truth? I demanded, interrupting him. And he shook his head. I was about to say you mustn't jump to conclusions, as you just did. Luigi could have been using the torch for some perfectly simple reason that we don't know about. What would be the perfectly simple reason? Like torturing that poor man 
Uh, to make him sign? Sign what? You didn't mention that before, Megan. I frowned, trying to remember exactly what it was the man in the headsman gear had said. Eh, there must have been two men torturing him, but I only saw one, he said. Uh, you will write as we ask, or we will kill you. Uh, be sure of that. But I don't think it will come to this, for you are no martyr, just as the matter of a little more time, a little more pain. Uh, then he pulled the lever hard, and the poor man screamed, and uh, so did I. <laughs> and that's when I ran, and he chased me. Don't you uh, know who the man on the rack was? Couldn't you recognize him? Uh, he was a substranger? He shook his head, frowning. Megan, ask yourself. How many strangers come to Renizi Castle? Well, uh, uh, we're here, uh, and we don't belong here. I was realizing that more and more every moment now, wishing I'd stayed in Augusta or taken the plane back to Baltimore, Maryland. And I frowned at Shane because I hadn't, and that was his fault. A lot of people work here begging, he muttered, and I'll bet you haven't seen half the servants yet. I know I haven't. Uh, one of them could have been acting the part for Luigi, hmm? I frowned. I'm not sure it was Luigi. Oh, there was something different about his voice. It seemed more familiar to me than Luigi's voice. And if you heard the man on the rack scream, you wouldn't think he was play-acting, I said with certainty. Ah, he was beginning to believe it my way, I realized. He shook his head. This stranger, the man on the rack, did he resemble anyone you know here? And I shivered, remembering shame. He was so pale, he looked like a dead man. Uh, 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 he had his mouth wide open and his head thrown back, screaming, uh, I'd never heard a sound like it before, or uh, seen a human being who looked like he did. Uh, he could have been uh, someone I knew, but I wouldn't have recognized him in that condition that he was in. Uh, neither would have you. Uh, uh, what about his, uh, what about his clothes? Uh, for instance, we dressed differently from the Castle Renizi people. Uh, what was he wearing? Couldn't you get some idea uh, who he was from his clothes? He was wearing a black robe, I said. Now, well, maybe it was San Benito, Shane said quickly. Oh, uh, uh, what? It's a shapeless robe of sackcloth. The inquisitors he dressed accused heretics in for their trial by torture during the Inquisition. That's really specific that he knows that. After they'd been tortured, those who confessed and recanted were dressed in the yellow San Benito with red crosses as penance. Uh, the others... Uh, the impotents who refused to recant were dressed in black robes painted with flames and devils before being formally executed by burning them alive, uh, publicly at stake. This man could have been dressed in the impotents' uh, black robe. As though they meant to kill him anyway, I said grimly. I hadn't thought of it that way before, and I had now. Shane, I wish it was a dream, but it happened. I know it did. And even if uh, none of you believe me, I'm going to the police. Oh, there's a potential murderer loose in Renizi Castle. And he asked me, stop. There could be a body here somewhere, too. And I'm, uh, and I mean, how could those two men afford to allow their victim to live, no matter what they forced him to write? But, Megan, if you are right, what possible motive uh, could these people have to want to torture and kill anyone. Why, Megan? Why? Well, with that, why don't we take a moment to uh, talk about something important to me, and that's Door Glass Incorporated. D-O-R-G-L-A-S-S dot -S com. 
Uh, they're dedicated to fabricating professionally installing the highest quality glass products from the nation's top manufacturers. Their inventory, combined with their years of experience, makes them the premier source for installation and repair. They approach every project with the same goals. Professionalism, integrity, and most importantly, they're discreet. For example... Stephen Dorglas, the founder of Dorglass.com, a, a man with a beautiful upper body and really tiny, thin, little wispy legs. He uh, was trying to be a male model at one point and realized that he wasn't cut out for it because his legs were too weak, kept falling over his top heavy. And so then he moved on to other things before finally settling on the world of glass. Oh, oh, he could talk to you for hours about glass. And you'd think that'd be really boring, but it's not boring. When he talks about the world of glass, the types of glass, the thickness of glass, the textures of glass and how glass is basically an invisible wall and how cool is that a wall that you can see through you don't even know it's there and you just walk right into it and you smack your face these are all exciting things more exciting than the dialogue we just read from the two people walking into a basement and they go oh is that a oh, is that a lamp why is the light red oh it's not a lamp that's a that's a some sort of torch that they have in the basement. Oh, that explains what I saw last night. Oh, you were dreaming. The entire thing was boring, and I'm really tired of this entire chapter. I would like it better if all of a sudden Stephen Dorglas showed up and said, Ah, you know what's more exciting than red light is a red light that comes from a glass lamp that's tinted red. Oh, he talked for hours about the smoky texture you put on the glass and how beautiful it'd look and how it cascade across your face to make you look beautiful and romantic. A lot like the people I've been watching on uh, Temptation Island. The woman who lives in my house has me watching Temptation Island. And oh my god, these people, all they want to do is just make sex with each other the entire time. But they look like crap. They'd look better if there was proper lighting in the house. And maybe some big windows to let some daylight in. And Stephen Dorglas could have helped them with that the entire time. That was a stretch. Commercial storefronts, automatic entrances, windows, patio doors, mirrors, shower doors, installation repair. They will design and build any kind of sex house you'd like to live in. Their clients include the Pottery Born, uh, Williams-Sonoma, Sherman Williams, Portillo's, which is some kind of sandwich shop no one gives a shit about, and the Salt Cave, which is this weird little place in Minneapolis that has walls made out of Himalayan salt. Uh, they light them from behind so that the walls glow and look like they're closing in on you. Uh, that's uh, You're not supposed to do anything in there besides yoga and uh, meditation and other white people shit. Uh, if you touch the walls, they'll kick you out. They'll call the Minneapolis police on you, and they swear to God they'll shout at you the entire time, and they will press charges. You do not touch the goddamn walls in the salt cave. And Applebee's. Well, with that, uh, I don't really have a, a romance room now here in the log cabin as I used to, so why don't we go out onto the front porch? and uh, potentially finger each other as I read to you the latest upcoming romance novels from Penguin Random House Books. Ah, here we are. On my front porch, as you can hear the gentle rains of the forest uh, dripping all around us. And here we can sit in these two uh, delightfully rustic-looking rocking chairs as you, as you're wearing workout spandex. And I can, your nipples are hard. Through, I can see your nipples through the goddamn spandex. Uh, I hope there's a purpose for that. Uh, there's no bed for you to throw the book on. You're just gonna hand me. You're handing me the book. You're just gonna hand me. Here's the book. Book called Set on You 
by Amy Lee. About set on you, uh, it's one of She Reads' best romance books coming in uh, 2022. A gym nemesis pushes a fitness influencer to the max in Lee, uh, Amy Lee's Stevie debut romantic comedy. Curvy fitness influencer Crystal Chen built her career shattering gym stereotypes. While, uh, and mostly ignoring the trolls, uh, after her recent breakup, she has little stamina left for men. Instead, finding solace in the gym, her place of power and positivity. Enter firefighter Scott Ritchie. Oh, the smug new gym patron who routinely steals her favorite squat rack. Uh, sparks fly as these ultra-competitive foes battle for gym domination. But after a series of uh, escalating jabs, the last thing they expect is to run into each other at their grandparents' engagement party. Wait, they're related? In the lead-up to their grandparents' wedding, Crystal discovers there's a soft heart under Scott's muscled exterior. Bonding over family... Fitness and cheesy pickup lines. <laughs> yeah, they might have found their swole mate. Oh, I see what they did. It's fantastic. But when a photo of them goes viral, because they're related, savage internet trolls put their buddy relationship to the ultimate test of strength. Well, that sounds weird. It's set on you by Amy Lee. Uh, it's a contemporary romance coming out in May 10th. Uh, 2022 for 16 bucks. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Bookshop.org, Hudson Booksellers, Indiebound, Powell's Target, and Walmart. Well, with that, uh, your weird nipples poking through just makes me think that you don't like the, uh, the humid and cool uh, temperatures here in the deep, deep forest of my wooded chateau. So with that, why don't we go back inside and uh, finish reading this story. Well, here we are back inside again, and magically it's not raining anymore, which I think probably says something. Uh, continuing with the story, uh, people commit murder every day, I broke off and turned quickly toward the entrance to the other chamber. Shane, what was that? The sound I heard was gone at once, even as I spoke, a faint grating sound, a, a stealthy sound coming from the semi-darkness of the execution chamber. Uh, I didn't hear anything. Yeah, yeah, I muttered. Well, I did, I whispered, a funny sound, something like grating against something else. That's vague. Stone against stone, maybe? Shane? Uh, there's someone in there. Or like uh, some kind of door closing? All in one movement, it seemed to be, he had flicked on the light and was leaping for the open uh, archway between the two chambers. Too scared to be left alone, I ran after him in terror, and he... That must be weird, just screaming and running after him. I ran after him in terror, and he had stopped just inside, and the beam was moving around the dim room, probing shadows. Ah, uh, yeah, do you see anyone? I quavered, <laughs> gripping the sleeve of his jacket for comfort. I thought I saw something move as I came in, he muttered. Over there, uh, but it's gone now. The light probed, showing us the wall at the far end of the room beyond the line of major implements of uh, pain and terror. Uh, what did it look like? Uh, what you saw? 
Yeah, it was just movement low down at the base of the wall, he muttered like a rat. It could have been uh, something small, like a rat. In old buildings like this, there usually are rats. <laughs> I gripped his sleeve tighter. The horrid creatures always terrified me. Oh, the bean completed the circle of the room and stopped abruptly, revealing an open cell door. Inside, all oh, the light showed the black uniforms, uh, armor, and weapons we had seen at the macabre exhibition. Megan, please, his hand forced to let go of his sleeve. He was walking uh, toward the open cell, and I followed, treading on his heels. What is it? I whispered. Nothing to be afraid of, Megan. This looks like where they uh, keep their medieval costumes. None of those girls they use for models wore a Santa Bella, a San Benito, whatever. I'm moving on. I thought they wore surf's dresses tied at the waist. Then, if there's one in there, dot, 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 I forgot my terror. If there was one there, I was sure Shane would be convinced. I held the flashlight eagerly while he searched. My hope faded, and he came out, shaking his head, carrying one of the guard's spears, and he took back the light. Nothing remotely like that in there, Megan, he muttered, sounding disappointed as though he wanted to prove me right. All kinds of garments, but no San Benito. Couldn't they have hidden it? Perhaps in a secret passage? Maybe. Uh, let's take a look at the rack. And I followed him and the light hurriedly. Now, can you show me where you were standing in relation to the rack? If you can, there's a door. Sure, you can find something to prove it was there. Uh, wait a second. I fumbled at the corner, pulling out to reveal a rack with its cogs, its rollers, and an iron lever that turned them into their horrible purpose. He was standing at the lever like this, and I could see the man on the rack, but nothing past his outstretched arms strapped to the roller there. The second torturer could have stood there at the head of the rack. The lever was on the side opposite from me. The man in the headsman's clothes and the mask had to run around the rack to chase me, and I was looking at the man on the rack's left side. I was about ten steps up on the landing, and I could see the rack perfectly, but not much else. The, uh, the open door was below me, there, in italics, exclamation point. He followed my pointing finger, frowning as he stared at the blank stone wall. That's where I thought I saw something move just now, he muttered. And that's about where the sound I heard just now seemed to come from. Uh, some of the other walls were cut from the living rock, uh, but this wall had been made by man. I saw as we approached... It was built of huge stone blocks, uh, from which the mortar, if there had been any, had long since crumbled away, leaving only the cracks between the blocks of stone. Shane took, er, took, shook his head. Here, you say, Megan? It has to be there. No place else, Shane. There must be some way to open it. He scowled at it. Any uh, suggestions? Well, let's push it. Like with the... With a case of explosives, <laughs> he said, and that's what we'd need. And we'd probably bring down half the castle with it. Uh, this wall must be part of the foundations, but okay, let's try. Well, we tried pushing the outside edges of the two squares of stone, and I was sure that it had to be my door. Oh, we tried the top, uh, at the bottom, in case it balanced in the middle. Uh, then Shane tried thumping the stone with the butt of his spear and putting his ear to it, listening for any hollow sound. Dot, dot, dot. But there wasn't any. Ah, uh, we worked up and down the whole wall until we were exhausted from pushing. Megan, uh, uh, there can't be a door here, he said patiently. I know there is. 
And he shook his head and stared around. Hey, you could be mistaken about the angle you saw the rack from. Turning a page because I'm not in a Kindle. No, I'm positive. The door was open, and so was one of the study. Megan, let's pretend this thing was no dream. That it really happened? Now let's pretend, I reminded him sourly. Okay, let's say it happened. Uh, why were the doors open? I think that the light on these stairs is better than on the others, and I don't believe that you would have ventured down otherwise. Yeah, you were uh, scared each time on the other stairs. Uh, and don't deny it, I'm trying to prove that you weren't dreaming. No, I considered briefly. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, it was only because I saw the red glow of light that I came down here. Uh, I could see the steps all the way down, and there was uh, nothing to frighten me. Uh, not until I saw what was happening in here. Well, they must have been sure nobody would come into the study to leave the doors open that way. It also means your torturers uh, and their victim uh, probably live in the castle. And it's possible both doors open from the study. It was because we couldn't find any way of opening the top door that we came down here, I said dismally. Well, lots of ways of opening the doors, he said. Other than turning a key, it can be done by pulling levers, adjusting the weights and the counterbalances, and turning the wheels of things, or, or yeah, yeah, even by uh, well, pfft, electricity. Uh, let's look for wheels, uh, switches, uh, and levers. Not only in here, but upstairs again. Okay. I nodded wearily, and we started again, and I wasn't sure I was supposed to look for her, but uh, then neither was Shane. And we tried everything movable, searching systematically. Nothing. I could hardly climb the stairs for Shane, uh, and with the outer door of terror, uh, terror keep, closed behind us, the darkness was complete and frightening. When we reached the top, we discovered it was almost time for pre-dinner cocktails, and Adam Lester and Count Renese were coming downstairs. Adam called me cheerfully. Megan, come into the reception room. I want to show you the photos. And I was glad to sit down and have Carla bring me a, a small brandy, sour on Shane's suggestion, sipping as Adam produced these still damp pints, Prince, Pints, Prince, and showed them to me, and I felt I needed that drink. Count Renese had Carla make him a highball. Oh, a highball, that's fun. And joined us. Uh, you're right, Megan, Adam said enthusiastically. No center posts. And he was showing me the photo he had taken immediately before the platform collapsed. Well, no wonder it fell. Yeah, yeah, I muttered. There just wasn't anything to hold it up without the, without the center post. Oh, my God, this is boring. Now look at this one, Adam said. I took this as we climbed the hill. Uh, see the four posts? Eh... Uh, under the platform? Jesus. Didn't they just fall? Uh, they were put there against the foot of the cliff that the platform was built against. I saw them stacked neatly against the rock, barely noticeable unless you had a reason to look for them. Uh, this way, it looked as if we were leaving, Adam said grimly, and he last showed one uh, tangle of fallen logs beneath the platform. The gallows was gone and only the outer hollow square of the platform remained. Oh, it occurred to me uh, that the collapsed portion hid those four posts so well, so well, you never would have known they existed. None of this matters. Uh, what do you make of it, Count Renese? Shane asked him. Burp. Megan is a smart girl. Without her, we might never have known what happened. 
Uh, he was studying me thoughtfully as he said, Yes, it's obvious that the posts were taken down, leaving the gallows in a highly dangerous state. Adam says he saw footprints along the path that he's climbed, and the posts were taken down over the recently, and without my permission, I have no idea by whom. But I intend to find out. I, uh, it was, of course, nobody from the castle. And why are you so sure of that? I asked him steadily. He frowned. I know the people who work for me. None of them would have done this, nor were their friends or relatives in Stormhaven Village. It's as simple as that. No, it was someone from another village who had been off the island poaching our lobsters. Oh, they noticed the platform and would know at once that the logs are hardwood. Hardwood? Yeah, if you've ever played Stardew Valley, hardwood is scarce in these forests. Oh, they loosened a few of the iron spikes and pulled down the logs and no doubt planning to tow them away behind their fish boat at some other, uh, uh, some other convenient time. Uh, very well. Well, we see if we can catch them doing that. <clears throat> Will they be punished? Will you report it to the police? Shane asked. Well, one of my guests was injured, the Count said sternly, and if caught, they will be charged with trespass and damaging private property. The island and everything on it belongs to me. I finished my drink and went upstairs to freshen up for dinner, and it seems to me that the Count had more to worry about than the accident to Oliver, although because he hadn't mentioned last night's events, it seemed likely he didn't know that yet. All there waiting for me when I came down, and if he hadn't known before, uh, he did now. This chapter will never end. Oh, they've been telling you that he had a bad night, Megan, the Count said with sympathetic smiles. We sat down at her. Oh, I'm sorry, Luigi's realistic exhibition of my private chamber of horrors disturbed you so much that you had a bad dream about it. Oh, it wasn't intended to do that. I met Shane's eyes, and he frowned at me quickly. A warning of some kind, I thought. Now, I find it hard to believe that I have a, uh, uh, that I had a, a dream, I said diplomatically. That was too real. But they all seem to think that's what happened. Uh, he laughed. <laughs> yeah, I assure you, I would not have hung my portraits of Yasmin on the door. Megan, I value it too highly to do that. So he's never going to admit how fucking creepy it is to have an entire giant portrait made of a woman and she didn't know that he did it. He's just like talking about how great it is. It's too precious for him. And as for Luigi's torturing someone behind the mask, you saw he is a, a quiet studious person who never misses his Sunday mass and would not deliberately harm any living thing. Ah, there's still passage leading from my study to the dungeons. He broke off. The housekeeper, Mrs. Pinelli, ushered in two maids with the first course of dinner, and I glanced around to places less set for dinner, I noticed. Has anyone heard how Oliver is today? Shane asked. Dr. Galliano said last night he could come back to the castle sometime today. There has been a change of plan, Count Renese said, smiling at Adam Lester as he came in. Adam knows all about it. About what? Yeah, Adam asked, sitting down with Yasmin. About Oliver's change of plan, Adam, Megan and Shane are behind with the news. Adam Lester smiled across the table at me. Dad, Gene got a phone call from his brokers in the morning before breakfast. Uh, he's, uh, he's going to rush back to New York for some urgent business about his investments. You know how he is, <laughs> Megan. Uh, he uh, left a note uh, pushed under my door while I was asleep, asking me to apologize to the Count for him. Oh, he passed a folded paper across to me. Here it is. Concerns business, so you know, uh, so you may as well read it. I skimmed through it quickly. Uh, Adam, mm, yeah, I read. One of the maids, uh, Maria, asked me to... Uh, 
Maria? Maria. What's wrong with me? Asked me to, to make a phone call from my brokers this morning. The recession we discussed yesterday is much worse than we thought, and, and I thought to rush back to New York to salvage some investments. And I expect to fly out to London and uh, spend some time there. We'll advise you early next year whether I can attend the spring sales. This seems doubtful. We'll wire instructions at the winter racing uh, program from London. At the moment, Comprendizi is still asleep. Oh, please apologize for me. Faithfully, Gene Bethel. If Greenfields lost Gene Bethel's patronage, that would be quite a blow. But Adam didn't seem concerned. I couldn't imagine Gene Bethel crashing either. Uh, he's just too wealthy to be wiped out by declining stock. His interests, his interests, wow, I said that weird, were too diversified. His oil wealth too great. His racehorses alone were worth millions. And for several seasons, he had been on a winning streak. Yeah, I decided Adam shared my confidence, Gene's ability to survive. I can't imagine the spring yearling sales without Gene, I said. Or the, or the stables without Bethel horses, I added significantly. If he stays in London, uh, we're going to miss him. Well, it's possible Gene's bad, uh, had bad luck is my uh, good fortune. Count Renizzi was smiling down at the table at Yasmin, who sat at his foot. Ah, if Gene misses the spring sales, that means less competition for me. <laughs> and a better choice of horses. Yasmin was smiling back at Count Renizzi with Adam Lester's approval, and it seemed to me I suspected Yasmin had informed her husband that Count Renizzi was prepared to take Gene's share of our two-year-old offering in the spring. Oh, this is the way that Yasmin worked, and it would give the Count a chance of winning one of the major spring classics. Watching Yasmin purr contentedly under Pietro's smile. Oh, I decided that, that since he had been a portrait of himself, uh, Yasmin would not have noticed the absence of Oliver or Jean since it was pointed out to her. Oh, you haven't, you haven't told me about how Oliver is, Uncle Adam, Shane reminded him. Adam laughed. Yeah, I don't know, Shane. Dr. Giuliano phoned just after breakfast to say Oliver had left for New York against his advice. Gene had called there very early this morning to have an injury checked. He'd slipped on ice near uh, his auto. Oliver decided to get back to Gene. Uh, the doc said neither of them was in a fit state to drive, so they insisted. Oh, and Oliver wants you to drive his car back to New York. Okay. Megan... Might ride back with me, if that's okay with you, Uncle. Well, why not? Adam smiled at me, if that's okay with me. This whole chapter is so fucking annoying. <laughs> the mates began to serve the dinner, and I seemed to have lost my appetite. And I kept thinking about Gene's injury or injuries. Ugh, this is his horrible writing. It could have happened, as Dr. Galliano said, but I kept thinking of the man on the rack. After dinner, we moved into the lounge hmm, for coffee and liqueurs, and Shane and I sat apart from the others, talking in low voices. Shane, I whispered when they had lost interest in us, the man on the rack had uh, black hair like jeans. He, he could have he been Gene. I've been thinking about that uh, since he mentioned the injury. Uh, what do you think, Megan? Why well, frown at my coffee? That's a weird thing to do. I don't know. It's just something I feel. I'm scared, Shane. Why do you think they both took off that way? Uh, they're not the kind of people to do that. And this note. It's Gene's signature. I've seen it many times on correspondence, but never like this. It's just a, it's just a, a caricature of Gene's handwriting. Shaky. Oh, 
very shaky. Something was seriously wrong with Gene when he wrote it. Show me. No, uh, Count Renizzi's watching us. Well, he frowned. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Uh, what do you want to do? Leave? Shane, I murmured. Do you believe me now? Yes, I do, he muttered. Not just because the uh, two are gone, either. Uh, we could call Gene in New York tomorrow morning and ask him privately about his injury. Okay. If Gene uh, was the man, he's hurt. And Dr. Giuliano would know. And why don't you call Dr. Giuliano now? Uh, you said he got along fine with him last night. Well, he nodded. It's worth a try. Okay, you keep an eye on Petro while I go upstairs and make the call. Later, when you come up, I'll tell you what he said. Okay. I nodded. And Shane got up to say that he had some letters to write and asked to be excused. Adam called me over and, uh, and I began to talk to Sophia and Adam near the fire and I heard the phone in the lounge. Uh, tinkle. The phone tinkled in the lounge as Shane made the call, but Count Renizzi seemed too preoccupied with Yasmin to notice. Oh, thank God. That chapter's finally done. Why don't we, uh... Well, we're in a cabin environment. Why don't we, uh, re retire to the outhouse and, uh, talk about what we just read? Well, here we are uh, in the outhouse at my cabin to try and review what the hell we just read. Apparently there's a beehive uh, here in the outhouse, so that explains all the sounds of the bees. And, uh, oh, good. My girlfriend brought the parakeet here in the outhouse, which is still in here. That's awesome. Why don't we talk about what happened this chapter? I don't know what happened in this chapter. Basically, uh, the guy said, I don't know if you're dreaming or not. Let's look for the door. And uh, nothing definitive really happened there. They went down to the basement, and they found the door. Then they went upstairs, I guess. And, and Yasmin's falling for Count Renizzi, and the guy disappeared. And they talked at length about stilts underneath the gallows and how it's hardwood, which is hard to find in this forest. It just goes on and on and never seems to ever end. Uh, I'm bored as hell as I read it. So uh, what's good? I guess that we're getting close to the end of the book. Chapter 8 it only means we're two chapters away to the end of the goddamn thing. Uh, and there hasn't been any more advertisements for cigarettes in the middle of this. Uh, like I saw back in, like, what, chapter 4? What sucks? I don't know. The book. Nothing's really happening. I was expecting more, like, I don't know, ghosts or murder. There's only been one murder that we know about so far. And it kind of hint at Count Renizzi with his little torture room that he might be a pervert. Uh, we could assume he's a pervert, but beyond that, uh, there's nothing definitive. At what point is she, is she going to get chased out of the castle? I'm waiting for her to get chased out of the castle dramatically in her nightdress with her hair flowing. But that's not really happening so far. She's just kind of doing a lot of floating around. Like, ah, I'm not crazy. And they fell down the stairs like an idiot. Well, I wasn't dreaming. There's a lot of that shit going on. What do we learn? Uh, that books in the 70s written by a man who takes on the, uh, the house name of a woman, um, these books aren't good. Well, with that, uh, thanks for listening, uh, and I will see you next week. You hear that? Out there? The crickets chirping? Those are mating calls. Each cricket desperately, desperately 
calling out to other female or male crickets, dying for attention. Each of them desperate for one of them to come to them with open insect arms and make sex with them. It's a field of whores. And so with that uh, backdrop, I want to tell you that if you want to learn anything more about this podcast, go to nuzzlehouse.com, and that's it. I'm not listing off the rest of my social media. I got a Twitter, uh, which you can go to if you want, but go to nuzzlehouse.com and find out about it. You want to find out if I've got a, a Instagram? Sure, I don't use it, but you can go to nuzzlehouse.com find out about that, because uh, you're all whores, just like this field of gentle crickets out there chirping in the night. Ah, listen to them.